This morning we will reflect on the theme chosen for today's Mass. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. As I said, it comes from today's song. Now before we get any further, let me just point out that whenever we have a prayer in which we are telling the Lord to remember us, we have to keep in mind that we don't have to remind the Lord anything. He knows everything. He doesn't forget us. Uh, so we don't have to tell him to remember us. But in those prayers, which are, which are common, uh, we're actually remembering ourselves. <laughs> we're remembering that the Lord favors us. It's something like the famous Marian prayer, the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection. We don't have to tell Mary to remember us. She already remembers us, but we forget. So when we pray a prayer like that, or when we pray a psalm like this, we are calling to our own minds what the Lord does not forget, or what our Blessed Mother does not forget. Okay, when we hear this theme, remember us, O Lord, for you, as you favor your people, we could easily connect it to today's gospel, which is the account, uh, the second account of the, of the multiplication of the loaves. We know this story where, where Jesus recognizes the need of the people, and he himself is the one who initiates the, the response to the problem. His heart is moved with pity. He sees that the people have been without food. They have a long way to go. They're going to collapse. And so he does remember his people, and he does favor them. In fact, he's the only one. The, the, the disciples are not that interested in, in, uh, in uh, remembering the needs of the people or favoring them. Uh, it's the Lord who takes that, that beautiful initiative. And we recall this, this uh, compassion of God, this favor of God, every time we come together for the Mass. When we're here, we realize that the Lord remembers us. We, we realize that the Lord favors us, that he feeds us. He feeds us with his own body and blood. So that's a, a genuine connection we can make between the psalm and the gospel. But this psalm is actually chosen to go with today's first reading, which is not such a positive story. It's the account of the evil king of the northern tribes, Jeroboam, who decides that in order to stay in power, he has to break the law of God. He has to create local shrines and local uh, religious practices so that the people won't keep going to Jerusalem. That's the kind of sin that we hope the Lord will not remember. Or we say, and we don't even want to remember. Who wants to, who wants to remember the evil deeds of Jeroboam? We would much rather remember the great deeds of David or the, or the wisdom of Solomon before he, before he became foolish or some of the other great kings. But these evil kings, like Jeroboam, we say, well, we hope the Lord just doesn't think about that too much so that he won't, he won't uh, forget us and, and, and not favor us. But this, this uh, reading, which reveals another one of the ugly episodes in the history of the chosen people is, is, uh, is brought together with this psalm. Now, this is Psalm 106, which is a, a rather long psalm. We only read a few verses of it. 
but it's an interesting psalm because it's a recounting of the many falls of the chosen people. When they set up a golden calf, when they rejected God in the desert, when they followed the idols of the neighboring people, when Moses lost his temper with the people, a whole bunch of stories about, about the people of God failing. And then in the, in the psalm, it says, remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. As if to say, don't remember our sins, but remember that you have chosen us, that you favor us. That's the part we want you to remember, Lord. Now, when we think of that, we say, well, that changes the story altogether. It's not just God having compassion on his poor people who are hungry or people who are wandering in the desert without food. It's God having compassion on people who are not good, who are not innocent victims. Just to change the story a little bit, we can imagine the, the, the uh, crowd following Jesus here who are without food. We could say, well, maybe they're without food because they wasted their food. Or maybe they got into fights and they... And they, uh, and, they, and they lost track of their food. Or maybe they were stealing from each other. Or maybe they were just lazy and they didn't bring any food. You could say maybe part of the reason why they don't have food is it's their own fault. Now, that's not in the gospel, but I'm putting it on, on, on the gospel because I want to connect this to the favor of God. He doesn't just have compassion on people in their innocent suffering. He also has compassion on people in their sin. He has compassion on us in our sin. So when we say, remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people, we're, we're saying it aware that we don't deserve the favor of God, that, that there's no real justification for him to have compassion on us. Just like there was no reason why he should favor the chosen people after they kept on falling away, and they kept on violating the law. It's a prayer that, that yes, it reminds God, but it calls to our minds the unstoppable mercy of God. That God's compassion is not only for people who are victims, who are in need, but his compassion is also for people who are guilty, like us. And in that sense, it's even more beautiful because it shows God's compassion even more beautifully. Anybody would feel, well, I shouldn't say that because the disciples didn't feel it, but any normal person would feel compassion for a hungry crowd, right? I mean, when you see somebody's hungry, there's a certain kind of natural response to say, well, gosh, these people need food. Now, we might not be able to provide, but at least we would see the need but when we see people doing wrong, we don't naturally feel compassion for them. We say, well, those people, they deserve to be punished. And it's true, right? I mean, uh, evil doing deserves punishment. And God does allow us to experience some small amount of the consequences of our own evil decisions. But the amazing thing about God is that he doesn't hold our sins against us, not ultimately not with strict justice. Instead, he remembers his own compassion. He remembers that he 
has chosen us, that he wants to favor us. And when we turn back to him after our sin, he's very willing to take us back, very willing to favor us once again. That's why in the Psalm, Psalm 106, even though it says we sinned, our fathers sinned, we committed crimes, we, we, we set up these idols, we, we pursued false gods, we were not faithful, we forgot the God who saved us. Even, even in all of that, we can still say, Lord, remember us. We forgot you, but don't forget us. We turned against you, but, but don't turn against us. And we can say that with confidence because God has already shown himself willing to, to forgive. So that's the theme I, I, I think is set before us here. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. It's a very encouraging one. Uh, we don't have to be perfect people, and it's a good thing because we're not perfect, but we do have to open ourselves to the, to the greatness of God's mercy, his favor. When we pray, remember us, O Lord, we're remembering that the Lord does want to favor us, and we're turning away from sin and from all the ways we have we have rejected or forgotten our God, and we open ourselves once again to his favor.